You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. This is the theme verse that we're using as an overarching uh, verse, just kind of looking through persevering in the way that Jesus persevered on the cross, and we want to persevere in the lives and the race that God has called us to run. So Hebrews chapter 12, let's read that together. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. Everybody say persevere. Persevere. The race marked out for us. Each one of us have a race. Jesus ran his race. We're looking at Jesus and learning how to run our race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I like the way that that consider him in the NIV is said, in the message where it says, study how he did it. The idea is look at Jesus, study how Jesus persevered, study how Jesus ran his race and it'll help you not lose heart. It'll help you endure. And all of us know that it is good days and hard days in this race that God has called us to run. And that there are moments where really our call is just to press on and persevere and not grow weary and not lose heart. And oh, the pain that each of us have is sometimes we see other believers who at one time said, yes, I'm after Jesus, big passion in my heart going after God. And now you look and they've grown weary. They've lost some heart and we have resolved. We have determined that we are going to fix our eyes on Jesus, persevere and make it. And keep going. And so I told you those first four weeks. And then the fifth, this idea of I thirst is in a place where Jesus speaks of his own pain. Where he talks about he being on the cross begins to talk about even verbally the pain that he's in. Look at it. We read it in John 19. He says this. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said... I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. And that's what we're gonna lean in on today. That phrase, I thirst. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for the good news that Jesus lived a life that we could not live, that he suffered on the cross and paid the debt that we could not pay. And we thank you for the cross today. As we prepare to go into Easter, we pray that our eyes would be fixed on Jesus, that we would behold him and see him and learn from him. We want to study how Jesus ran his race. We want to consider him so that we might run ours and that we might persevere. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church, say amen. If you're a runner, you know the idea of hitting the wall and persevering through the pain. When you hit that moment where it's suddenly hard. In Colorado, we would take our interns up Pikes Peak and we would hike the, the, the peak and go all, when you got through uh, tree line, all of a sudden you started doing switchbacks at the top where the air was less, 
the pain increased and you wanted to quit. But the only way to get to the top, the only way to stand at the top of the mountain and celebrate how beautiful it is and what you've accomplished is to persevere through the pain. And when we look at the life of Jesus here, here's what I want you to see. On the cross, we are learning from what he said, what he verbalized, these moments where he spoke. And of course, it's incredible where he looks out at the people who are persecuting him, who are torturing him and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he speaks of others. Or when he looks at the, cro- at the cross of the person next to him, and we talked about that moment, the thief on the cross, where he looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And yet again, he looks to others. Or the moment where he sees his mom and his disciple John at the foot of the cross. And again, in the midst of his own pain, he has others on his mind and he looks at them and says, John, behold your mom. Or he then, fourth word is praise, where he looks to his father and he begins to talk about where he's at. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then this fifth phrase is the moment where he gives a verbal witness of his own physical pain. Like he just says it where he says, I thirst. And of course, you know, he's bleeding on the cross. He's been whipped. And so his body is just beaten and torn. He's been up all night long, standing through trials. He's been on the cross now for hours. He's endured not just the, the, the mocking and all the emotional pain, but the actual physical pain that is unbearable. It's, it's the, it was the, the, the most cruel way to torture people. And here he is, and he begins to speak of his physical pain where he just says, I thirst. And one of the reasons why this is significant is because In our day and age, we tend to struggle with the idea, was he really God? But you look at first century and the apostle John, when he's writing, he's the last gospel to be written. And there's big commentary on, well, was he really human? And so when we look at this story of Jesus, this phrase that he says, I thirst, is a window into his humanity. It's a window into the real physical pain that God, who becomes man, is physically enduring in the midst of the cross. It's the torture. It's the physical pain. And in the midst of it, in the midst of being there on the cross, Jesus chooses to endure. Jesus finishes to the end. Jesus on the cross, enduring pain, going through pain. And what I want you to see today is that Jesus wanted to accomplish the race, finish it, the calling, and knew and was willing to embrace the pain. You and I live in a culture where the predominant conversation is comfort. And somewhere along the way, it's easy for us to think that we're justified to live a pain-free life. And we may not even cognitively think about it, but it starts to get in our mind. I should be without pain. Everything should be comfortable. And then when we face pain, when we face discomfort, it's easy to have accusation and pain towards God. Like, how could I go through this? What what on earth? Why? What? Hey. And, And to have anger and accusation towards God. 
But what I want us to see today is that Jesus has experienced pain beyond what ours is. And when you faced your darkest day, when you feel like you are in pain, that you're suffering, I want you to remember the Savior who faced something far beyond what you're facing. And I want you to identify with the Savior who has already gone to a cross and experienced pain. And Jesus knew full well that it was coming. And I I love when we read even his interaction with different people. You find the stories where Jesus was determined to run his race and go through the pain because he so had you on his mind, so wanted to have you to have eternal life and to prepare the way for you to have relationship with, with him forever. And he runs his race willing to drink the cup of suffering, willing to go through pain. Look at this. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, a lot of Bible. I'm gonna talk fast, er, the normal, because I want you to see these stories, okay? Matthew 20, 20, look at this. It's the story where big personality mom, mother of James and John comes and asks Jesus if her sons can sit at his right hand and his left. Look at this. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right, the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, so James and John and strong-willed mom, you don't know what you're asking. And there, here's the phrase. He says, are you able to drink the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? He knows it. He's already talking about it. It's in his, it's in his conversation. Even as James and John and mom are coming before him, Jesus has got... In his mind, I'm about to drink this cup of suffering. I'm I'm going to the cross. I'm going to redeem humanity. My race has suffering in it, and I'm not taking the easy way out. I'm going to go through it. Look at this. He says it in Luke 22 when he's seated and celebrating Passover. He says this. We know as the Last Supper, he says, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I mean, it's on his mind. He knows that he's gonna go through it and he's willing to be obedient to suffer for the sake of fulfilling what the father has asked him to do. You've got a race to run. I want you to be inspired by Jesus and look at the race that he ran and kind of have a reframe as to how you see your life because you and I know Man, American culture, we have this tendency to think, it should be comfortable for me. I should, I mean, I do it. It's one of the reasons why as I was studying this text, I'm confessing it to you. Like I look at my life and it's like, man, my car should work. I should get Starbucks. I should have Chick-fil-A drive through quick lane. Let somebody else mow my, I want, I, I don't want pain, right? And yet when we look at our savior and when we read the way that he talks and then the way that where I'm gonna take you where Peter and Paul talk, this language of enduring the pain of walking through the suffering of rejoicing in suffering is where it's going. It's drinking this cup. Man, it seems to be all mixed in this following Jesus thing. And so I want us just when we start to look at what it means for us to follow and for it to be in our minds and for us, to, uh, for us to know it. Because here's Jesus on the cross. And he says, I thirst. And imagine, here is God. I mean, Jesus, God. And I don't know all that goes in your mind when you're being physically tortured the way that Jesus is being physically tortured. 
But it's pretty amazing if we were to just backlog on what his journey is. If you begin to think about Genesis 1, he's the creator of the oceans. He's the creator of the rivers. He's the one who has spoke to the sea and said, be still. And yet, here he is, voluntarily giving up his life for you and me on the cross and in such physical agony that bleeding, hours without food or drink, no sleep, body ripped to shreds, being mocked. And there he says, I thirst. And I want you to capture in your mind this savior who no matter what you are currently in the middle of, no matter what your race looks like in the present tense where it feels like it's so hard, you have a God who has faced pain beyond your current struggle. No doubt about it, your pain and your struggle is hard. You have a God who decided to become man, lived on the earth and went through pain. And when you face your darkest day, when you go through whatever it is you're walking through, you can look to God and say, thank you, give me strength. You've been here, I look to you. And Jesus voluntarily, he goes to the cross knowing full well that he's gonna suffer. And there's more stories in it. And I love that not only is he willing to drink the full cup of suffering, but it seems like when we read the story, there's this resolution, like I'm going here. Once you see this, another Bible story, but I just want you to see it. Just imagine this in your mind. It's when the, the Romans come to arrest him and he's there in the garden and he's with the other disciples. And moments like that, you and I, we'd wanna run in fear. We'd want comfort. But look at the willingness that Jesus has to go to the cross and go through physical torture. Look at this story, verse four, chapter 18, gospel of John. Jesus, knowing that all, knowing all that, was going, that was going to happen, went out and asked them, these are to the soldiers, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, I am he. He's walking out to them like, come take me. Jesus said, and Judas, and, and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When, G, when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and they fell on the ground. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they answered, I told you. I am he. I mean, he's coming at them. I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he, spoke, he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. And look what he says. Shall I not drink the cup? the Father has given me. I just want you to see Jesus' determination. Peter's like trying to take a shortcut. Come on, we'll fight him. And Jesus is like, no, Peter, put your sword away. I am going to the, I don't want a shortcut. I don't, I'm doing this my father's way. I have resolved. I've already prayed about this. I've been, I know where this is going. I know what this is gonna look like. And he's no shortcuts. I mean, it's, it's wild. You know, you know the way that he looks in the garden. Father, if it is possible, take, and he says the exact same phrase, take this cup of suffering from me. And the good news is that it doesn't stop right there, but in that we see his humanity. 
Yeah, physical pain. There's the part of him that he's going, this is gonna hurt. This is gonna be hard. And then we love the back end of that phrase because then he says, yet not my will be done, but your will be done. And over and over again, he's talking about this cup of suffering and this willingness to drink the cup of suffering, to embrace the pain that he's going to embrace. No shortcuts. Peter, no short, I want the fullness. I'm, I'm going through with this. And it says here in John 19, this phrase, Jesus knowing all things were now accomplished and that the scripture that might be fulfilled. So in his mind, he's not only not willing, not willing to cheat the system, not willing to step out of what the father's called him to, but then he's thinking about fulfilling the scriptures while on the cross. I mean, he wants to run his race exactly right. And the pain and suffering, exactly right. And he's enduring this cross. And when we read through the stories of Jesus on the cross, there's so many different prophecies about the cross and he's fulfilling them. I'll give you a few of them. Psalm 41.9 is that the Messiah would be betrayed. Isaiah 50 verse six, which says the Messiah would be spat upon and struck. Psalm 22 says that the Messiah's hands would be pierced. Psalm 22.18 says that the soldiers would gamble over the Messiah's garments. And here's what he's fulfilling. Psalm 69 says, they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. Jesus on the cross, enduring pain, willing to go to the cross, saying to his father, father, not my will, but yours be done. In my humanity, I don't wanna face this, but in my mission to be obedient to the suffering of what it's gonna take that I might have a redeemed people, I'll go run my race. I'll persevere through the pain. Yeah, even way back to the conversation with James and John and their mom, Oh, can they drink the cup? He knows he's gonna fa and the, face the cross. He knows he's gonna face physical pain. He's willing to go to a cross. And even on the cross, he's fulfilling Old Testament prophecy by saying, I thirst and thinking about, I'm doing this thing right. I'm going somewhere with this. I will look at one more and then, and then I'll apply it. In Mark 15, we actually get where he's offered a drink and he pushes it away. Look at this. Mark 15, they brought... Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the school, and they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Now, this is, you think that seems obscure, but look at this. So this was a drink that the soldiers would give the criminals that would dull their minds that would help them not experience as much pain. And here's what I want you to catch. Jesus, willing to drink the cup of suffering, pushes away that drink. Like, no, I don't want it. He pushes it. I'm going to drink the full cup. I, I do, I'm not going to fake this. No shortcuts. Peter, put your sword down. Don't give me that. Don't give me that myrrh. Don't, I'm doing this. I want us to apply this to our lives. I want us to study how Jesus did it. I want us to fix our eyes on Jesus and look at his willingness to embrace the full measure of obedience, even though it was pain even though it was hard and you've got a race to run. And though each race is different, maybe it's to make the disciples, you've got this race to disciple your kids, you've got this race to, to, to be a godly husband, you've got this race which is to, to, to make a difference in the community, you've got this race in your, the, all the different ways. And I'm telling you, we have people that come around us all the time and tell you how to fake it. 
Well, you don't really have to walk with God like that. Well, you don't really have to be in community and relationships. Well, you don't really have to do ministry. Well, you could fake it with your marriage this way. And here's what I'm inviting you to do. To be the man of God, to be the woman of God, the race that he's called you to run, inherent in your race are moments where because you've got an eternal vision, you're willing to embrace temporary pain. Because you possess a vision of your life making an impact in eternity, you're willing to embrace the cost and the pain in the present. So, yeah, yeah, right now for you to forgive, for you to, you name it, sacrifice for the sake of others, for you to, all the buffet of comforts are in front of you. And yet, for you to fulfill the race and stand before Jesus and go, I finished that race. I, I, I endured the pain. I persevered through the hardship. I was obedient to what God called me to. I'm telling you, whatever your race is, whether you're a, a young mom or a grandmother, whether you're, you're a young dad, whether you're a teenager, inherent in your race is these moments where you have to persevere through the pain where you do the right thing, where you choose to do it and you don't cheat, you just stay steady with your eyes fixed on the example, Jesus. And what I want you to catch is to behold, view, imagine, picture the cross. And Jesus, in his pain, not cheating anything, drinking the full cup of suffering, drinking the full cup of pain. And as you go through what God's called you to do, I mean, there are countless stories, countless illustrations of people that wanted to finish the race, accomplish the fullness of what God had for them, stand before Jesus in full obedience and have finished their race. And I'm just encouraging you in your race, in your obedience, it will have moments where you have to, you have to persevere through the pain where you say, I choose to do what Jesus has called me to, even though it's got temporary hardship all mixed in it. And that is counter to a culture that says, live for self and live for comfort. And to, to jump out is gonna be a constant temptation. And I just want you to see Jesus as your example. I want you to see Jesus not cheating the system. And here's what I want you to get in the midst of it. You have Jesus knowing full well that he's gonna go through pain. And then I think when we read the apostles, they had it all mixed up in the way that they talked. Like you don't have Peter and Paul talking about living the pain-free life. No, the, 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 all, the, the followers of Jesus for the last 2000 years, there's some hardship. Now I know the temptation for you and me is to, instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, we fix our eyes on others. I <laughs> go, well, how come I didn't get that calling? You know, like me, my tendency is to fix my eyes on Tim Tebow and go, how come I didn't get that calling? I just, I would have loved to win the Heisman Trophy. Man, stand up, make a video. What's up, everybody? I love that calling. It just seems awesome, right? Maybe you go, man, I wish I'd have got uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines calling. They're saved, you know? Like, why can't I get that house and live that life? And man, why can't, why can't I just get Steph Curry's life? Like, he's saved, you know? Like, when we look at other people. We look at people maybe in the church. You look at maybe friends and family or, and, and all that's a distraction because you've got a race to run. And it's not about fixing your eyes on others. It's about fixing your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And I know this isn't a hunky-dory message this morning, but you've got, 
You've got some hardship in your life that you've got to endure. And the question is, as you face that pain, will you fix your eyes on Jesus? Or will you develop accusation in your heart towards God that you're experiencing pain? Like, oh, like I, my temptation is to do that. It's like, oh, I'm sick. I got a cold. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, like, this is too painful. Here's, here's what we do. When you go through your pain, when you face your hardest days, look to God. Don't run from God. Have affection toward God, not accusation toward God. And no, Jesus, he looked to his father in the midst of it and didn't run from God. He said, I'm gonna finish my race. And he looked at his father and said a strong prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why God? Look to God in the midst of it. Psalms of lament are what it's called in the Psalms where you've got these Psalms where it's like, God, I feel like life's so hard. I feel like, and get, just get real, get honest with God. Say, like, God, this is where I'm at. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're fixing your eyes and you're looking to God rather than looking to self, rather than looking to others. And the enemy wins if he can get you to look at anything other than God when you face your pain. And I just want to, in the midst of your pain, pain's gonna be there, Right? Peter and, Peter and Paul talk this way. Look at this. Look at 1 Peter. It's my last point coming to the end. It says this. This is the way Peter talks. Disciple of Jesus. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange. That's what we say. As though something strange were happening to you. We faced anything harder. We're like, this is so strange. I'm an American. I can't have pain. I'm filling the blank. I, some reason why we should have the pain-free life. I'm telling you, there will be a day where every tear will be wiped away. It's called heaven. There is a day in eternity where whew, you will not experience this, but in this life, a part of the journey is having a right view of what the race is gonna look like. And in the midst of your pain and your hardship, looking to God. And Peter says, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Ah, that's like a whole nother level. You gotta be kidding me. No, he says, rejoice. Peter, what are you talking about? I'm talking about rejoicing. Like when you endure, when you run your race and your race of obedience takes you through some level of pain and suffering and it's because of your following Jesus, Peter says, rejoice. Paul says the same thing, same idea. Philippians 3, where he says, I, I actually, look at this. I want to know Christ. He has to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Paul's going, I, I, I want to rejoice. I want to participate. And so as you face your trials, as you face your hardship, as you face pain, it's about how you view it. And I wanna encourage you, Jesus ran his race. He is our example. We've got a race to run. And Jesus persevered through the pain that's beyond your pain. Look to Jesus' example. Know that he's gone through it before you. Then, okay, open up. I'm not surprised by pain. It's not, it's not gonna shock me anymore. It's a part of the journey. The question is, how do I respond in the midst of the pain? And finally, we'll conclude with this. Jesus 
looks at his disciples, and you know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, where he says, go therefore in all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and here's what I want you to get, and surely I am with you. Here's the next idea. Jesus is with you in the present tense through your pain. As you go through whatever hardship, pain, difficulty right now, not only is he your example, not only does the scripture say not to be surprised by it, but he's with you. And when you go through the hardest moments, when we look at the biblical narratives, it's the people that are going through the hardship, through the suffering, where it just seems like Jesus seems to show up in the midst of their hardship, right? I mean, Stephen, the first martyr, throwing rocks to kill him. Boom, he has a vision of Jesus. Jesus right there. Come on, Stephen, I'm with you. I'm right here with you. I got you. Story of, I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because we know it mostly as a cute story because we know that they live and we know that, you know, there's a fourth man in the fire. But in that moment for them, this is martyrdom. And they're standing and they're saying, I refuse to bow. And it's not just a cute little story with Rakshak and Benny. It's, it's a historical, real story where people are willing to give their lives and they refuse. And they could have freaked out, said, how come I didn't, how come I didn't get somebody else's race? You know the story, boom, they go into the fire and phew, there's Jesus in the fire with them. There's a fourth person in the fire. Here's what I'm telling you. As you go through your pain, you go through that struggle. You go through that hardship. You go through that job loss. You go through that financial disaster. You go through that rejection, socially, whatever it is. All right. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And he has been through more pain than I'm currently going through. And he told me that I would go through pain. Jesus actually said in John 16, he said, hey, in this life you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And if he's gone through pain, and if he's my God, and if he's told me not to be surprised when I go through it, and he said he is with me, and I have the hope of future reward as I finish my race, and I refuse to veer to the left or the right or allow anybody else to talk me into comfort, I'm going my route. I'm going to finish. I'm going to fulfill the calling. I'm going to get there then just like you're hiking that mountain you get close to the top and it's painful man you want to stand at the top look out and enjoy the journey because you finished you've got a race to finish you've got something that God's called you to do don't cheat don't give up don't become weary don't stop keep your eyes fixed on Jesus what he did on the cross who he is in the present tense and that he's with you right now as you walk through your journey Amen. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. 
Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out RadiantIntensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.